Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and on this edition of the Conversation, we're talking with Danielle Badra, Operations Division, Fairfax County's Land Development Services, and we're going to talk about her work as a technical writer for Land Development Services, what that means and what it all entails, but we're also going to leave a couple of minutes after that to talk about her passion as a poet, her interest in poetry, and the poetry prize she won from the University of Arkansas. After all, April is National Poetry Month, so a a timely topic to throw in, so it makes perfect sense to tie in poetry with technical writing. Danielle, thanks for being here on the County Conversation Podcast. Absolutely happy to be here. So, so does technical writing and poetry really tie together? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, you know, I get some strange inspiration from this job, so mm. we'll just go with that. <laughs> right. So technical writing, people think of that and go, well, two thoughts come to my mind. It's either really technical and it's something I'm probably not going to understand. Is is that kind of what we're talking about? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, a lot <laughs> of um, the language that's used in land development services, you know, the engineers and the reviewers, um, they're, they, have, they use a lot of jargon um, hmm. that the general public might not understand. And so it's my job to basically help kind of translate um, anything that would be hard for the public to understand into something that's more digestible. Okay. Well, you're pretty much talking about everything uh, mm-hmm. for me because, uh, you know, no technical understanding, no mechanical, no electrical. So, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of way down on the scale of the person or high up on the scale, I should say, of the person that you're going to need to help. What what do you do? Do you take reports from engineers and field personnel and then write them for the public? Tell, tell me what your day is like. What do you do exactly? Sure. So I, I'm in the same boat as you, honestly, in terms of not understanding the technical knowledge, you know, up front. Um, but a lot of what I do is I'll ask questions um, so that I can get an understanding from the people who, well, so the engineers and the reviewers will write the documents originally, um, and then they'll come to me. And whatever content I don't understand, I'll, I'll ask questions about, you know, and say, can you explain this to me further? Um, and depending on exactly what the content is, um, will depend on exactly how we frame it to the audience. Um, but if it's, for example, a training module, um, which I, I worked with somebody recently on developing a land development training module um, and trying to make sure that the language, if there was highly technical language being used, that at least somewhere in the training there was a definition for that language mm-hmm. um, so that not only people are able to learn some of this technical language, but they can also understand the, the basic stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You mentioned a training document. Are there multiple audiences that you're dealing with? In other words, internal staff, external public, that type of thing? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, our PIO um, tends to deal more with the the public-facing stuff, but I do a little bit of that as well. Um, I focus pretty heavily on internal um, documents, uh, stuff going to the board, for example. I work on a lot of board packages um, as well as PowerPoints that are going to be presented to the board. Um, 
and internal training, but also this la- latest training module is one that's going to be going out to the public. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So how did you get into technical writing? Did you, you know, uh, have schooling that led you there or did, you know, early in your life and your childhood when you're when you're playing with your toys or playing board games or whatever, you said, I want to write technical writing when I grow up. <laughs> How did you get here? Um, so, no, I definitely did not dream of this um, <laughs> position. I actually wanted to be a veterinarian, which, like, I don't oh, know. I, I never even went down that path. But um, I ended up going to George Mason University to get my Master's of Fine Arts in Poetry. And it's a three-year-long hmm. program. And uh, if you get funding for the program, which I did, then you end up spending two years out of those three years teaching and one year tutoring in the writing center. Um, And in the two years of teaching and the one year in the writing center, um, I developed these skills of being able to, um, you know, review documents pretty quickly because when you're a teacher, you know, you have to do grading and all that sort of stuff. Um, But also just a wide variety of documents from working in the writing center. I worked in Arlington at the graduate school there um, for conflict resolution and the law school. And I mean, I got every type of uh, document you can think of. Um, And I had to be able to respond to each of these different cases and figure out, you know, how do I help this person the best that I can? Um, and so I think that really lends itself to what I'm doing now, um, mm-hmm. as well as I ended up teaching composition for a couple of semesters um, at George Mason. So that that also definitely helped. Right. Yeah. The, the what do you what do you think are the the skills or temperament or, or that type of thing that would that would make someone good in, in the field of technical writing? Absolutely. Um, patience. Mm-hmm. And eagerness to learn, uh, and an mm-hmm. eye for detail. Yeah. Well, I guess you've just ruled me out from a career in technical writing. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your experience definitely uh, has a, a large part of that. The the researching though is that something you find interesting when you when you come across a document and you don't understand it. Does does that research excite you? Absolutely. Um, For example, I worked for a couple of years um, when I was in kind of a different position at at LDS. I was working on the public facilities manual, um, which I had no idea what that document was. Um, And it basically helps to set out... um, guidelines to for site development in the county and I ended up learning a lot about um, tree preservation in the county and about stormwater maintenance and about um, soil <laughs> you know just a whole wide variety of things street lights I ended up learning a lot about wow. street lights and how yeah. you know those are regulated so wow. um, yeah I just I find myself knowing a lot more about how things work around me now which is great okay. yeah. yeah no it, well it makes you for a well-rounded person as well yeah yeah so advice for residents listening to this podcast to may have to deal with land development services, the, the a permit or go through the permitting process or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even any other county agency that has jargon or technical words or that type of stuff, you know, reports or things that they, they may get from the county. 
they don't understand it. What advice would you have from that technical writer's side trying to put this technical jargon into plain English, if you will? What advice would you give residents that maybe uh, have to deal with a county agency that, uh, uh, that gets some technical information they can't understand? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I'd say one of the most important things is um, navigating our website and really reading some of the content that's there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it can be overwhelming at times, but we try to put everything that you really need to know on there. Um, it's just a matter of actually working your way through it all. Um, but if that doesn't work, obviously, you know, reaching out, um, we're, we're here to help. Um, we're also developing more tools as well to help um, people navigate that process because we do know um, there are, you know, things here and there that, you know, can be confusing. So, um, yeah. And also, there's nothing wrong with Googling as well. <laughs> when, when all else fails, I Google if I don't understand what something is. Um, right, right. So. Our favorite search engine or uh, or another favorite search engine, uh, you can always find uh, pretty much any answer uh, you need, uh, exactly. thank goodness, now, exactly. nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays. Um, fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. That's all one word, fairfaxcounty.gov slash land development. That's the, uh, the webpage for the Fairfax County uh, Land Development Services where you can find... Uh, Lots of information about all the services and resources, et cetera, that Land Development Services have. Uh, if you have any questions, want to go ahead and throw out a phone number, 703-324-1780. 703-324-1780. Uh, you can actually call and uh, find out more information. I wanted to ask you this I, I, maybe final question about technical writing uh, before we kind of move on into poetry, which we've, we've learned. Don't tie in well together. <laughs> but uh, technical writing, uh, you mentioned research, a big part of it. Is that a predominant part of your day? Can, it, can you kind of walk me through a typical, you know, use my air quote here, typical day uh, as a technical writer for land development services? Sure. So I'd say more so when I first started in this position, research was a big component because I did not know anything about land development when I started. Um so I, I definitely had to do a lot of research at first. Um, now I'd say it's less of a component uh, just because I'm more familiar with the processes um, and uh, the language. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd say I start off my day just checking my email and seeing what requests have come in. For example, today alone I've already done about three different document reviews. Mm. Um and uh, I just go from there. Did that answer the question? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What What exactly is a document review? What are you looking for? L- language that you don't understand, or maybe the 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 normal person, average person like me, wouldn't understand. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking for that. You know, I'm also looking for the lower level stuff. Um, you know, punctuation, grammar, spelling. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, anything that would make the document clearer. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking with Danielle Badra. She is uh, in the operations division of Fairfax County's Land Development Services and talking about the uh, the technical writer position for Land Development Services, which I think she said uh, you have to have patience and, uh, I'm assuming, uh, empathy and wanting <laughs> to help people and uh, uh, being able to explain something technical in a uh, very easy-to-understand uh, language. So, uh, Definitely something uh, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll see her work 
lots of different places if you are dealing with land development services in any regards. But since April is National Poetry Month, we specifically wanted to have Danielle on this podcast today because we are at the end of April, uh, but we wanted to highlight uh, National Poetry Month and Danielle's interest in poetry. And interestingly enough, you said right off the bat that you'd actually went to school for poetry. I sure did. Yeah. What what is what is that what is that like? I mean, do they <laughs> teach you how to write poetry? They teach you how to appreciate poetry? What 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 does that poetry program mean? Yeah. Um so in order to get into the program, you already have to have some sort of efficiency in poetry. So you usually hmm. come into it generally knowing how to do it. Um, it's more about fine-tuning your craft, um, mm -hmm. learning more about um, the poets that have come before you and kind of finding out how um, those previous poets can influence your craft and uh, improve it and um, kind of having a, a larger view of, uh, of poetry than just your own experience of it. Mm. Are there styles of poetry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's, you know, um, there's the contemporary poetry, there's uh, more formal poetry, there's, you know, the sonnet, for example, that everybody knows um, from Shakespeare. Uh, you've got abstract poetry, um, you've got uh, confessional poetry. Uh, there's there's lots of different ways to go. Mm -hmm. Where where do you fall? Um, hmm. <laughs> um eclectic <laughs> yeah i'll say eclectic yeah i tend to to do more inventive forms in terms of how the poems actually appear on the page mm. um but I, i'd say there's a bit of confession going on there as well as as they tend to be more personal um poems for me okay. so yeah is this um just a just a passion is it a hobby is it Something you'd like to make a career out of? I I like to think of it as my second career, as mm -hmm. uh, you know, this is the career that uh, that doesn't make much money. So, <laughs> <laughs> hence the need for the first career. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but it's still definitely a profession, and you know, if there was an opportunity to actually have it be my primary profession someday, I would certainly love that. So, right. Yeah. Well, I have not ever read or heard any of your poetry, and you know, uh, uh, sneak peek, we're going to get to hear one of one or maybe two of Danielle's poems in, in just a moment to, to to expose her to you and her poetry to you. But you must be pretty good at it because you won a uh, a big award from the University of Arkansas. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so um, I won the Atelid Non Poetry Prize, which is. Uh, coming out of a collaboration between RAWI, which is the Radius of Arab American Writers, and the University of Arkansas Press. Um, it was founded by the poets Fadi Judah and Hayan Sharara. Um, and this is the fourth or no, this is the fifth book um, coming out from the prize. Um, hmm. Yeah. So you're going to actually have a book of poetry. Yes. Yes, I will. And uh, just I, one more tidbit about the prize. Atel Adnan, who the prize is named after, is uh, an incredible Lebanese uh, poet who um, that 
that's the uh, the prizes for Arab American and Arab diaspora um, poets. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, details. Um, you know, is is the the process ongoing now? Is there a publication date in the future? I mean, what can you tell us? Yeah. Um, so we're working on the cover art now, which is kind Ooh. of the fun part. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we've gotten through most of the editing process and proofreading and all that. Um, the publication date is set for October of 2021. Wow. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Okay. And did you already have all the poems and poetry written uh, for the book, or have you uh, written specific things just you know just for the, for the book since the award was won? Uh, most of the poems were already written. Um, my father actually died um, right mm. after I found out I won the award. Oh, um, I'm sorry. So a couple of poems ended up being added um, in in memory of him. Um, so, but otherwise, yeah. the rest of them were already written. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Well, we have just a couple of minutes left. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get to hear some of your work? Uh, I will let you start. I know you. We we talked about bringing one or two of your favorites, and I know it was hard to to pin down. So maybe uh, if you have your top favorite, uh, if you want to uh, share with us right now. Okay. Uh, well, the first one I thought to share is called "A Candle from Rome, Italy," um, and just a little bit of background information. Um, my sister died in 2012, um, and so this kind of brings in images um, from that experience, um, as well as an experience of traveling to Italy with my father and my sister in mm. 2003. So, okay. A Candle from Rome, Italy. The reason why I never lit the wick before now, pollinated pistol of a tiger lily thick with wax, Petals of bright orange and burnt yellow and almost alive 11 years ago. On the way to the Pantheon, I purchased a candle at an artisan stand in an ancient square called Campo de Fiori, where Giordano Bruno burned at the stake for watching the stars and acting out the art of memory. My father stared there at the bronze statue and wept without words. My sister and I watched my father weep at the feet of an old martyr. My father would not weep like that again until he held my sister's hands while she was seizing. I watched him weeping while my sister was seizing. We held hands. And that's, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say. That's powerful. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it, it certainly beats my roses are red, violets are blue, <laughs> which is the extent of my poetry. Yeah. D does does writing something, I, I know writing something like that must have meaning, but what does it mean to actually put those words on paper and then to hear it read out loud? Um, well... So I'll, I'll, you know, I've I've had a bit of I've had several losses in my life, and yeah. um, you know, grief is something hard to handle, and putting it on paper is like taking a little bit of it outside of myself and being able to store it somewhere else. It's mm. it's being able to 
maybe compartmentalize the pain a little bit. (laughs) Right, right, right. Sure. Um, And I I find it to be quite therapeutic, actually, to be able to come back to these poems when I need them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you – is is the purpose of your poetry for you for that purpose or are there stories or things you're trying to share uh, with, with readers of your poems? Absolutely. Um, it's definitely, you know, it all starts from being for me because it is a, you know, um, right. you don't want to write specifically for other people necessarily. Um, hmm. But a lot of my work also incorporates words of uh, my sisters and words of my father's and my mother's um, and those around me. Um, it's something different that I do that not not too many other poets actually do. Um, sure. And part of that is so that I can preserve their voices because uh, my sister mm. also wrote poetry. And so a lot of my poems are alongside her poems oh, um, nice. in order yeah. to preserve her words as well. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Danielle Badra, she's with uh, Fairfax County's Land Development Services, a technical writer. But uh, on the side, passion, if you will, uh, poetry and sharing her poetry and the uh, new book of hers coming out in October of this year, October 2021, of her poetry. And uh, quickly, uh, Danielle, as we uh, run out of time here, uh, how will folks be able to to get that book when it comes out? Sure. Well, the book title is Like We Still Speak, and the University of Arkansas Press will have it available uh, through their website um, starting probably this summer. Um, once the cover art is finished, then the uh, the book should be available for pre-order. All right. Well, you better get that artwork done then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Danielle, final word from you before we wrap up. Final 15, 20 seconds. Anything else about uh, poetry or uh, technical writing for the Land Development Services that you'd uh, like to end up the show with? I just want to encourage people to continue reading and writing. We're in an age where, you know, uh, a lot of people tend to just watch TV or, or you know, um, not really do this art form anymore of reading and writing. And I just find it to be a wonderful thing that people should still do. <laughs> All right. Good advice, Danielle. Yeah. Danielle Badra, thanks for being on the uh, County Conversation with us today. Uh, if you want to get more Fairfax County news, we encourage you to go to fairfaxcounty.gov news. You can also call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. And that's weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us for the County Conversation podcast produced by the Fairfax County Virginia Government.